What is up, ghosties? Welcome back to Tales of Spooky Coffee House. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Veronica. And today's episode is going to be really interesting. So uh, we are having technical issues and lost episode 22 somehow. <laughs> and uh, so we are going to try and do this really quickly and just post it raw so you are going to get all of the bloopers that we usually <laughs> take out all the funny shit that we try to what is the word avoid i guess it's gonna be so. a disaster it's gonna be chaotic it's gonna be beautiful yes and just like my tattoo says it was their chaos that made them beautiful there you go I mean, that's not what my tattoo says. It just says, like, singular. Okay, see, this is the part we would edit out because no one has to know that. No one can see your tattoo. <laughs> Anyways, so on this week's episode, <laughs> we are going to be discussing the haunted location, Lizzie Borden House, and serial killer of the week, Lavinia Fisher. And we also have a tarot card reading for one of our listeners. What happened? Are you okay? I totally blanked on what I was supposed to say next. <laughs> you have the notes right in front of you, sweetie. Okay, so now it's time for catch-up. Um, yep. <laughs> so okay. what are you drinking? How you been? Okay. I'm drinking a, an iced... How do you say Hi, Iced blended half mocha, half hazelnut drink <laughs> from Coffee <laughs> Bean. <laughs> Um, super bomb. We're off to a I, great start. We're off to a great start. It's 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 great. Um, I so my mom and I were at um, the store the other day, and we were pulling out, and this girl was walking on the sidewalk, and she had like a coffee bean cup in her hand. So I'm like, mm, that looks good. So I literally turned the opposite direction of where I'm supposed to turn. So my mom was like, totally like, where the fuck are we going? <laughs> Confused. <laughs> And so, since that day, a couple of days ago, I've been hooked on these ice blended drinks from Coffee Bean. So, I'm switching it up a little. I'm not drinking my lattes, my ice lattes anymore. It's the ice blended drinks that I'm hooked. I'm hooked. It's bad. What about you? What are you drinking? I'm going to have to try that now. I am drinking my normal um, butter pecan flavored creamer. I... Mm -hmm realized for some reason i have like three bottles of that stuff in my fridge i think that says a lot dude <laughs> no and I, no i don't understand how because i only remember buying one so i'm like well where the hell did the other two come from this is so i'm trying to drink them all and get them out of the house mm, i'm sure an alcoholic would say that yeah i don't know where <laughs> that beer came from but you know now that it's here i should drink it all so i could get rid of it <laughs> we'll see if it was the caramel macchiato then i could understand like i have a problem yeah. but i i don't like the butter pecan all that much like i have no idea why i would order that much huh maybe you thought you would like it i don't know or maybe you know it was a substitute and i just didn't see it maybe but it is what it is now you're gonna have to deal with it and drink it or get give it yeah. away to someone i'm not sure yeah well, anyways, I do have a few questions for you. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? Of course. Awesome. <laughs> um, 
so my first question is, if you could time travel, would you go back in time to meet your ancestors or would you travel forward in time to meet your descendants? Um, probably backwards to meet my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Just because my family, we are Creole, so a lot of, like, on my mom's side, we're Creole. And so we have a lot of descendants or ancestors, not descendants, ancestors from Louisiana, from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And they were into all of the Creole magic and, and stuff. So I would definitely want to go meet them. Amazing. I love it. What about you? I, also, Ghosties, I feel like you're going to learn that what great actress, what a great actress Chelsea is. Because she's telling me her answer like I haven't heard it before. And she did such a beautiful job. I'm just, I'm sorry. We're going to be super fake this episode because we have to pretend like we don't, we've not, we haven't, you know, we don't have just to like I have Everyone to, knows, but. Just like I had to fake it with your joke from last episode. Wow. No because one you told to, me, because Ch- you told me Chelsea. on the way home. This is the shit we edit out. No one has to know that you faked <laughs> your laugh and it wasn't a joke. It was a scary story. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, um, I would okay. I don't really plan on having kids, so there's nothing to like look forward to later in the future. <laughs> so I would definitely want to travel back in time and meet my ancestors, just because I I love where I come from. I love the culture. I love I love everything about it, and I want to learn as much as I can about my history. Um, I do know that I'm. What is it? Fifty nine or forty nine. I think it's 49. The number keeps getting smaller and smaller and it's scaring me. 49% Mexican <laughs> and I'm 29% Spanish. So, I mean, if I could go back all the way to Spain to see what life was about for my ancestors, that'd be pretty amazing. Um, my next question for you is, what's your cell phone wallpaper? Um, my cell phone, it's so my lock screen is uh, the beach with like pastel colors so at the sunset. So mm-hmm. I got the palm trees and everything for summer. Mm-hmm. It changes pretty much like every season. But my home screen is a bunch of um, like darker colored roses. So like dark purple, dark red, the black kind of like mixed in together. Very emo of you. Yeah, you know, I got to have my emo side in there somewhere. I, I'm just, again, I'm getting flashbacks to you and Steph fucking <laughs> razoring your hair like crazy. <laughs> Funny story. I'm about to do that again, actually. Shut up. Really? Yes. But we're going to go off topic if we go into that. So, yeah, let's, see. <laughs> let's move what on. is your cell phone wallpaper? <laughs> um, My lock screen is none other than Pedro Pascal. Um, Imagine that. And my answer for the, what is it? My home screen is, a, well, it's a picture I took of some pretty wild pink flowers I saw at Vaughn's. Um, so I just took a picture of it with my iPhone and it came out so beautifully. The colors are so beautiful. It's perfect for summer. So that's what I have on my home screen. And if you guys want to see a picture, it's on my photography page. Um, go check it out. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't remember if this next question is mine or yours, but I'm just going to ask you it because I'm assuming it's mine. Yeah, um, it 
What's a song that usually gets stuck in your head? So I, th- I think it's changed since the first time we recorded this episode. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not even going to do. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but I want to go back to my original answer because we had this like really big discussion about how you didn't know who it was, but it's riot by three days grace, which is oh, like, right. yeah. But like, let's start a riot. Like that's been getting stuck in my head like crazy, mm-hmm. but also voices in my head by falling in reverse has been getting in my st- like stuck in my head recently so yeah. i'm giving you two answers what about yeah, you? i was about to say like what's the newer one um for me well i don't remember what my old original answer was but i could tell you a song that was stuck in my head a week ago and today's a total different one so we could go up and down do you know that one by the venga boys um that one got no. stuck in my head <gasps> up and down <laughs> Uh, <laughs> come on dude the thing of lies are coming <laughs> no? okay um today's song that stuck in my head is the um, i don't know if you remember it from tiktok the i don't want to sing it sing i don't it. know what it's i don't know what it's called sing it i can't <laughs> anyways but i'll just go with up and down um that one's been stuck in my head i flip and love it man now I want to know what the song is, damn it. You know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. If we remember. If we, well, I'm not, I can't get too high right now anyway, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first question for you is, we grew up on a lot of musicals because of choir with Mrs. Davis in middle school. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite musical? Mamma Mia. Hands down, Mamma Mia. Oh, that's the song that got stuck in my head. Chickatita, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> oh my that- god, it's coming back, it's coming back. The song that gets stuck from, like, in my head from that musical, because I, I, I like the musical, but I don't. But the song that gets stuck in my head is the one where um, yeah. she's talking about how the guy is too young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my answer is Mamma Mia. I wish we, <laughs> I wish we did do a song um, from Mamma Mia back in school. But if I had to choose a musical um, that we actually, you know, did a song from, it would either be Wicked or Phantom of the Opera. What about you? My favorite musical is Phantom of the Opera with uh, Sweeney Todd with Johnny Depp as choice number two. Huh? Huh? What do you mean choice number two? What is this language? <laughs> no, like my my first favorite musical is Phantom of the Opera, but it's really close to my second favorite, which is Sweeney Todd. Oh, I understand now. Okay, my brain yeah. is not... Uh, was not with us no (laughs) and that's usually some of the stuff that we cut out too yeah (laughs) processing processing (laughs) we cut out the processing part and we just leave in the yeah of course i know the answer to that it's (laughs) oh my gosh okay my next question for you um do you prefer the hero or the villain? 
And you um, interpret it however you want to interpret it. I guess um, that I, I think I struggled last time too with this question, but um, I'm going to go with villain just because I'm not a fan of people and I don't care to be like hiding out for the rest of my life. I'm kind of already doing that anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I'd like hurt anybody, but I definitely wouldn't like i don't know so you're saying that you would be the villain i would be the villain okay do i prefer the hero or the villain i would marry the hero but i'd be the villain interesting interesting yes yes don't analyze me, the foot. Okay, what's your answer? <laughs> well, no, I'm not analyzing you. The reason why no, like, I was I like interesting. You, I shared a picture of you with your glasses on right now, taking notes, nodding your head, like interesting, interesting. I'm not taking notes, but I'm doing everything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's interesting because you said that you would marry the hero and be the villain. Yeah, I would marry the villain because like i we we all know that i'm fucked up here like that's not anything new but i recently found out that i wasn't alone with my thought process because i've always been like into the villains and couldn't figure out why until somebody was like if i had to choose between falling for the hero and falling for the villain i would choose the villain because the hero would sacrifice you to save the world and the villain would sacrifice the world to save you. I guess, but it doesn't mean the hero doesn't love you. They they would sacrifice just, you, though. That just makes you selfish, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a selfish lover, then. <laughs> Fuck it. I like my morally great okay. kill. <laughs> Is that what I said? What? What did you say? Fuck it. Oh, I think you said bucket. I was like, did I really just oh, say well, bucket? Oh, well, I said it funny. I said bucket. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this is the part where I would say, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> and we can't. <laughs> so my next question. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> my next question. Has a random stranger had a like a big impact in your life at all? Like, something that a random stranger did or anything? Um, <clears throat> man, I don't think I had an answer for this one. I have a cheesy answer I could do, but I don't know if I want to do that, seeing I as think we, you I can't think you said edit the it cheesy out. Answer. I said a what? I think you said the cheesy answer originally. Um, biggest impact, though. I don't know biggest impact you know what i'm gonna go with my therapist shout out to my therapist i will not <laughs> name her but um she has made the biggest impact because you know I, if it weren't for her guiding me through the darkest times of my life um i don't know if i'd be here so you know she definitely made a big impact on me and um she has taught me a lot of lessons that i am so grateful to keep with me for the rest of my life to get me through future dark times um so yeah that that's gonna be that's gonna be my answer is my therapist 
love you. I'm low. I'm low key still waiting for your therapist to sit down with you after listening to the podcast and be like, listen, we need to have a conversation about Chelsea. I don't think she's good for your mental health. She's a little fucked up. Honestly, though, my therapist is kind of cool, though. Like, she might <laughs> she might be saying the opposite. You know what? Let's wait. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. I love <laughs> the opposite, her. I'm telling the you, opposite would be like <laughs> the opposite would be like she would bury a body for you. She's a keeper. Exactly. No, that's what she would say. Come on now. But also, do you know how heavy a dead body is? Um. <laughs> so usually I'd have Chelsea bring me into the first segment, but I'm gonna do it myself because you know Chelsea. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! When I say dead body, I'm talking about like I was talking about a deer. I had to carry a dead a dead deer and a de- the- a de- no, you're talking from experience. I'm thinking and uh, anyway, so ladies no, and gentlemen, <laughs> enough. Okay, go say what you need to say. Go. Nope, that was it. It was That's I was talking I about a deer, and like a deer is about the same size as a human, and it's really fucking heavy. So I'm all down for burying a body with you, but I'm not fucking dragging it with me. No, you said my therapist said would say that you would bury a bo- a dead body for me. Yeah, I'll bury included. the body. I'm not moving the body. How are you? How? We're, anyway, let's move on we're gonna get sidetracked so my the first segment ladies and gentlemen is our haunted location of the week um and i am so excited to say that i got the lizzie borden house um if you haven't heard of the story that involves the lizzie borden house i'm gonna give you you've been living under a rock well, yes, especially if you are a fan of the spooky, um, you are falling behind. Um, but it's okay. I'm here. I'm here with some information for you. I'm going to tell you about the house, who lived in the house, the events that occurred. Um, and then at the end, I'll give you some of the, you know, spooky things that happen within that house. So let's see. Um the house was built in 1845 and purchased by Andrew Borden in 1874 and was his until 1892. It is located in Fall River, Massachusetts, um, and there are a total of 14 rooms, including seven bedrooms and three and a half bathrooms, as well as a total of six fireplaces. I'm cool with just one fireplace, but you know. Yeah, I feel like six is like a safety hazard. Yeah. Also, since we last recorded this episode, I'm now planning a trip to uh, Massachusetts to visit my good friend Nancy, along with her twin sister Natalie. Um, And we're going to go to the Borden house. So I'm super excited. And I'm super excited to share that experience with you guys. So that will be coming up. Yeah, I'm going in October. So um, hopefully we could do some other tours in Salem and stuff like that. And I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to just do my first plane ride and be somewhere different and, you know, be a big kid. You know what I mean? I'm a big kid now. I'm going to call my mom every night like I usually do when I leave the house. <laughs> hey, mom. I just want to see that if, you know, you're okay. No, I don't miss you. Who is Andrew Borden? Andrew struggled financially as a young man, even though he came from a wealthy family. That didn't stop Andrew from making and selling furniture and caskets, which 
then led to him becoming a successful property developer. Now, who is Lizzie Borden? Lizzie Andrew Borden, born July 19th, 1860, um, in Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah Anthony Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. Uh, Lizzie and her older sister, Emma Lenora Borden, had a religious upbringing and attended Central Congregational Church. Now, Lizzie was very much involved with church activities, including teaching Sunday school to children of recent immigrants to the United States. Three years after the death of Lizzie's mother, Sarah, Andrew married Abby Durfee Gray, who Lizzie referred to her as Mrs. Borden. Lizzie believed that Abby only married her father for his wealth. Mm. So that's only the beginning of the drama. Let's get into some more drama. The Borden family had a 25-year-old live-in maid by the name of Bridget Sullivan, who the family would refer to as Maggie. Maggie immigrated to the United States from Ireland. She testified that Lizzie and Emma would rarely eat meals with their parents. It was also known that Andrew Borden... I'm sorry. It is also <laughs> known that Andrew Borden killed Lizzie's pigeons, which led Lizzie to become upset. A family argument in July of 1892 led both sisters to take an extended vacation in New Bedford. They would return to Fall River just a week before the murders. Before officially returning home, Lizzie stayed in a local rooming house for four days. Tension had been growing within the Borden family in the months before uh, the murders, especially over Andrew's gifts of real estate to various branches of Abby's family. Now, if I was in Lizzie's shoes, I would be pissed off too, assuming that this lady married my dad just for the money and here my dad is now buying, you know, my mother-in-law's family homes. Yeah. Point. You know what I mean? That that's, doesn't really look too good. That's a little suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Now... <laughs> If you're one of those who are living under a rock, you're probably saying, so what murders? Who killed who? Well, on August 4th, 1892, Lizzie Borden murdered her stepmom, Abby, and her father, Andrew. While Abby was upstairs making the guest room bed around 10.30 a.m., Lizzie came up to her and whacked Abby on the back of the head with an axe, making Abby fall on her hands and knees. Lizzie would whack Abby a total of 18 times. Uh, after killing her stepmother, Lizzie would then kill her father, Andrew, who had returned home around 10.30 a.m. According to Lizzie, she uh, came downstairs to greet her father, and he was getting ready to lay on the couch downstairs for a nap. Lizzie stated in court that she removed his shoes, but the truth of the matter is, is that Andrew was actually found wearing his boots after he was murdered. The reason why I bring this little lie up is because that wasn't the only one. Now, Andrew was whacked between 10 to 11 times by Lizzie while he napped on the couch around 11.10 a.m. Lizzie called Maggie downstairs yelling, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Um, sure, Lizzie. Um, I also want to bring up a couple of other parties um, there's John Morse, who was Lizzie and Emma's uncle. He was Sarah Borden's brother. Um, 
I know there have been a few names thrown around by this point, so just a quick reminder, Sarah was Lizzie and Emma's late mother. Morris would arrive the evening before the murders on August 3rd. He would be the one to sleep in the guest room that Abby would clean the following day, the day of her murder. He came into town to meet with Andrew Borden to discuss business matters. But the truth of the matter is that Andrew was found with his boots on after he was murdered. The reason why I bring this little lie up is because that wasn't the only one. Now, Andrew was whacked between 10 to 11 times by Lizzie while he napped on the couch. I'm sorry, but if I got killed during a nap, I'd be mad. I'd be, um, like, really pissed off. <laughs> like, I, I like to enjoy a nap, not a forever nap. Exactly, right? Like, I eventually want to wake up. Um, and around 11.10, Lizzie called for Maggie downstairs yelling, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Yeah, you, Lizzie. <laughs> Um, okay, so other parties involved. <clears throat> John Morris was Lizzie and Emma's uncle. He was Sarah Borden's brother. Um, Sarah Borden was Lizzie and Emma's late mother. Morris would arrive the evening before the murders on August 3rd. He would be the one to sleep in the guest room that Abby would clean up the following day, the day of her murder. He came into town to meet with Andrew Borden to discuss business matters with his brother-in-law, Andrew. Some say that um, that conversation didn't go as planned and that there was tension. Um, on the day of the murders, John Morris left the residence at 9 a.m. for his morning walk and would come back to find many policemen at the boarding house and acted normal, a little too normal that it was suspicious. Now, it's important to mention that John was very close to Lizzie and Maggie and was also not fond of Abby. Was a... Uh, <clears throat> Morris part of the murder? Did he know it was going to happen? We don't know. We might not ever know. But it's suspicious that he showed up acting nonchalant, even with cops all over the front yard of the house. Um, so where was Maggie this whole time, you may be wondering? <clears throat> Apparently, Maggie was on the first floor on the day of the murder, cleaning windows. She would then walk up to the third floor where her room was to take a nap. The thing is is that the murder took place on the second floor. So when you walk up the steps, once you're eye level with the ground, you can look into that room and you'd be able to see um, the body, the dead body just laying there. But I guess Maggie didn't see anything and just went up to the third floor. So did Maggie see anything and maybe kept it to herself or was told not to say anything? Who knows? I think if I was in the house, it I would hear someone get murdered or whacked, don't you think? Like, yeah, I I have always been interested in the Lizzie Borden murders, and I always felt like the uncle and Maggie were part of it. Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like if I remember correctly, wasn't Maggie there for pretty much like the whole the the girls' whole life? Um, I don't think Maggie was there for their whole life, but I think she was there for most of their, um, like, I think it, it was a few years that they were together, but I don't think it was since they were young. Mm, I don't remember, but I do, I do remember reading something and I, I always thought that the uncle had something to gain mm -hmm. from his brother-in-law passing. 
Mm-hmm. And well, especially money, right? with, yeah, especially when his new wife passes, because then he would be the next like inheritor, just because he was the the girl's uncle. So, and, and they were um... they were arguing mm-hmm. about business issues. So, mm-hmm. I feel like the uncle kind of like knew that his new wife was using him for the money, and he wanted the money too. Mm-hmm. And since Lizzie didn't like her already. It was pretty easy to come up with this plan, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, everyone involved in this story is suspicious. And Ghosties, if you guys want to look into this story furthermore, definitely do so. It's very interesting. I feel like, you know, one out of three people will have like a different... um you know, idea of what happened that night of the murders or that morning. I'm sorry. Um, also, there's a movie that I just watched called called Lizzie. I found it on my Roku channel, so I'm not sure where else it may be available for you guys to watch. But it is recent, 2018. Um, Bella is in it, a.k.a. what's her face? Kristen Stewart. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's in it. She plays Maggie. So it's, I don't know if I liked the movie. They kind of made it seem like Maggie and Lizzie had a fling. And I I feel like that didn't happen. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, So the final part of my segment, I'm just going to tell you guys about uh, some of the hauntings that happen within the house. Um, So the boarding house is haunted by everyone from abby and andrew to the ghosts of the two children sorry murdered by their mother at the house next door in 1848 the borden house is also known for doors opening and closing on their own coupled with a mysterious floral scent that some say are signs of the borden spirits it is also known that if you leave money on the dresser andrew borden's spirit will leave you alone for the night Boy, he's still money hungry even after death. See, I would have felt like it would be the wife that was taking the money because she was so greedy about it. You know what? My ass is going to go investigate in October. Ghosties, I'll get answers for you. I got you. I got you. (laughs) They do. They actually do like like ghost hunting, like a legit ghost hunt um, tour. So I want to go for that. I want to do it so bad. Um... And you and I should go back and actually stay in one of the rooms. Dude, I'm down. I know you're down. We've talked about this. We're going. Anyways, (laughs) um, some people also claim to have heard noises of creaking or footsteps, children's laughter, and have seen a ghostly face appearing on the wall in the basement. Now, if you watch uh, Sam and Kobe's video um, of them at the boarding house, I believe it's Kobe um, or um, Stoss claims to have seen a face in the basement. So I look forward to going to that basement and seeing a face. I'm so excited to be- get scared. Ugh. Anyways, um, Chelsea, would you like to go into segment number two, Serial Killer of the Week? Yeah, yeah. I just I want to say something really quick about the Lizzie Borden stuff. Um, go for it. Hold on. Questions, comments, concerns? I had to sneeze. Um, no, yeah, so comment. Like, 
have you ever heard the the little song um lizzie borden took an axe gave her mother 40 wax when she's seen what she had done gave her father 41 yeah but you should sing it correctly not just say it weirdo i didn't want to sing <laughs> you did it last time i did yeah and you'll know you know what it's sad because we'll never know <laughs> <laughs> here here you want me to do it correctly lizzie borden took an axe gave her mother 40 wax when she seen what she had done gave her father 41 no that sounded creepy but that's not the that's not singing it i i didn't sing it last time anyways what was your comment (laughs) have i heard the song yes i have how do you think that that got so exaggerated I think over time, um, or the original story always gets exaggerated, and not just with like murders, but you know, with other things, other historical events. Um, and yeah, this took place in the eighteen hundreds. It is weird. It is because you're you're. I when I saw you know that Sarah had only got whacked like eighteen times, and the dad ten to eleven. I was like, wait, but the song said forty and forty one. You know yeah that is weird yeah i just thought about that i don't know anyways so my serial killer of the week is not actually a serial killer lavinia fisher um for those that actually like study the history of serial killers um when you first hear her name many people think that she is a serial killer which is kind of why i wanted to talk about her but also at the same time, she was really fucking creepy. Like all the stories surrounding her are just <laughs> insane. What? Nothing. I'm ready to get creeped out. I don't remember. Oh, I was like, what was that? What was that noise? Anyways, so Fisher <laughs> was born in 1793 in Charleston, South Carolina, and was executed by hanging on February 18th of 1820 at the county jail. Now, she's believed to have been about 26 to 27, but they don't actually know when she was born. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, when in 1973, so she would have been either 26 or 27. Mm -hmm. Her husband, John Fisher, and her owned an inn called the Six Mile uh, Wayfarer House, which was (gasps) located six miles outside of Charleston. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I remember now. (laughs) It's coming back. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So during the couple's time there, reports were made to the local sheriff about how a lot of the guests were disappearing, but due to the lack of evidence and the popularity of the couple, many of the locals um, kind of like pushed the police to have them ignore it, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because that means that the Fishers were so liked that people kind of like, you know, some of the other popular serial killers, they're like, it's not possible. They would never do that. They're too nice. They're too handsome. You know, they're too pretty for that. Mm. Really goes back to, like, the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the legend goes that Lavinia Fisher would chat up the guests and determine if they had money or not. If they did, she would send them up to their room after having a cup of tea with them, which she had poisoned. Now, she didn't poison them to kill them. She poisoned them to put them to sleep. And then her... This is kind of where it cuts off to what actually happened. Nobody quite knows. Some mm-hmm. say that her husband, John, would go into the room and, bur- and butcher them. 
others said that when they would fall asleep on the bed, they had a lever that allowed them to fall into like a dungeon type thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's also split on whether or not this dungeon had spikes at the bottom waiting to kill them. So it's, it's really interesting, but either way, they would send them to the room after putting them to sleep with a cup of tea um, to rob them. So it's like a, a lot it's of like what a horror actually, movie, man. Yeah, yeah, no, and they have made horror movies like that where where yeah. they do that. So it's you know a lot of it's based on them too. Like they were considered um, one of the first um, highway robberies. I don't know. I, I wrote the term in my notes. It, it'll come up. But mm. so a lot of what actually occurred um, with the alleged murders at the hand of John and Lavinia um, has become wildly exaggerated. Uh, throughout time so actual like factual details are quite hard to find Um, but contemporary news accounts in the Charleston Post and Courtier claim that a vigilante gang went to the Fishers neighborhood in February of 1819 to stop the gang activities that were supposedly occurring there Mm -hmm. Um, and by gang activities it's believed that the Fishers were part of a local highway gang that lived out there so Mm -hmm. Um, so they, they went in there and kind of, like, destroyed the place as a type of warning. And thinking that they had accomplished what they set out to do, they returned to Charleston, but they left a young man by the name of David Ross to stand watch, um, just to kind of see, like, what happened next. Uh, but early the next day, Ross was attacked by two men and dragged before the gang that had terrorized the area. And mm-hmm. among them was supposedly Lavinia Fisher, who he looked to for help, but she ended up choking him and then smashed his head through a window. Mm. Now, somehow, despite this, which is, you know, this is where the exaggeration comes in, despite all of this beating, he managed to escape and immediately alerted the authorities. But while he's running back to Charleston to report them... Um, another traveler comes in named John, I think his name is Peoples, kind of a weird name, Mm -hmm. but he asked if they had any vacancies, and Lavinia had originally replied that there were no rooms left, and he was welcome to come inside and rest and have some tea. Now, this guy, John, um, because remember there's John Fisher and then there's this John, he happened to not like tea. In fact, he hated it. Mm Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to seem rude when she offered him the tea, so he dumped it when she wasn't looking. After she interrogated him for hours, she said eventually um, that she had discovered that, in fact, they did have a room. So he went to bed, but he felt suspicious because she had basically interrogated him, and it was kind of suspicious that all of a sudden they had a room available. So in the middle of the night, he woke up to a loud sound of the bed collapsing and discovered that the Fishers were trying to kill him. So he jumped out the window and rode to Charleston to alert the authorities as well. So what actually happened, whether John Peoples reported them or David Ross did, either way, the police came and they had enough evidence and they were arrested. Now, local newspapers from the period focused more on the theft than the murders or disappearances. So while investigators did discover some bodies on the property, the 
supposed legend of hundreds of corpses being murdered there for money um, was almost certainly an invention, they think. They don't think that mm-hmm. it actually happened. Um, mm-hmm. They did find a couple bodies there, but there was no concrete link between the fishers and those bodies. So whether or not they killed somebody was not important because um, they were charged with highway robbery. That's the term I was looking for, which was which was and is a capital offense. And so they were legally subjected to execution. If they had been convicted of any murders, this would have made um, Lavinia Fisher's uh, Lavinia Fisher's first female serial killer in America but because they didn't charge them she's not so that's kind of where the confusion comes in mm-hmm. so if if they had been convicted of murder she would have been America's first serial killer which we did talk about the first serial killer in America so we know mm-hmm. about that but so during the time that the Fishers were incarcerated they were allowed to be housed together at the county jail, which, you know, at the time, it makes sense, even though it, it seems really weird to us now to have mm-hmm. a, a married couple in the same cell. But I guess it was pretty common from what I had read. So they were in a six by eight cell and not heavily guarded. And on September 13th, after they were arrested, they put plans into action and tried escaping. Now, of course they would. Yeah, of course. Like, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Things didn't go as planned, and the rope they had made from the prison linens broke, and Lavinia was trapped in the cell, but John had gotten free. He was not able to continue his escape plan without her, so he was easily recaptured, and they were kept under tighter security after that. Now, it doesn't... I, I couldn't find if they were separated after that, but I'm assuming that they probably were. And so John asked to see a reverend before his execution and tried to claim that John could not be hung because he was a newly found Christian and wanted to apologize for his sins. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you're going to be executed, you're going to try anything to get out of it. So, like, that that makes sense. Now... (laughs) Lavinia um, has a very interesting story about her execution. So the fucked up part is that it was against the law at the time to hang a married woman, which was one of the reasons why Lavinia was trying to fight being executed. But the judge simply said that they would execute John first and then Lavinia because she would be a widow, not a married woman. Yeah, I thought that was savage, too. Like, that was fucked up. So, on the day of the execution, John went up first, and he tried to claim that he was a newly found Christian, and he could not be executed, and they ignored him, and he was killed. (laughs) Lavinia, yeah, like, yeah, like, like, that was just, like, it wasn't, it was a good attempt, but it's not nearly as interesting as Lavinia. Mm. So... According to legends, if you want to believe them, which I really want to believe them because this bitch is psycho, she refused to walk to the gallows and had to be carried in her wedding dress that she requested to wear and used her last breath to scream, if any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now, for I shall be seeing him shortly. And then she jumped off the stand and killed herself. 
I mean, low key, like if you knew you were gonna die, wouldn't you want to like go out with the bang? I yeah, I feel like that's something you would do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the fact that I felt like so intrigued by her death. Yeah, I can agree with you. I have no shame in agreeing with you. Like that's just that's just as savage as the judge. Like, let me wear my wedding dress. Let me make them carry me to the gallows. Let me scare the shit out of all of these viewers and then jump off and kill myself so they can't kill me instead. Epic. <laughs> I <fucking> so, love it. <laughs> so, with the ghosts, it's believed that um, she haunts the old Charleston jailhouse and tourists claim that they see sights of her, of her ghost in the windows. Um... After her death, a lot of people also saw, um, oh, sorry, I I mixed up my notes. So they they began seeing her inside of, like, behind the bars in the windows, but Mm -hmm. then after the Great Earthquake of 1886, people began to see her or reported seeing her wandering around other parts of the neighborhood, including the the Unitarian Cemetery a few blocks away. Now- Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Bruce Orr, who wrote the book Six Miles to Charleston, is an authoritative figure on John and Lavinia Fisher, and the legend, he believes that the legend was born in 1830 with the publication of Peter Nelson's Six Years Residence in America, um, which he... He was a Scottish businessman and claimed that he had personally witnessed the, F- the Fisher's execution, which he hadn't because he was um, not in the States at the time. Mm. So to thrill his audience, he embroidered the story to make it darker and more horrifying, filling it with the murder skeletons and supposedly the crazy act performed by okay. Lavinia before her death. Please allow me to interrupt you for a brief moment. That being said, let's take what you just said and input it to your question that you asked me for the Lizzie Borden house or the song. Why they over exaggerated the song if it was only 18 to 10, 11 blows? Because they wanted entertainment. Yeah, they wanted entertainment. They wanted attention. And you know what? I think it's worked. It's now a place where people (laughs) could go stay the night, go ghost hunting, do tours. Like, you know what I mean? So there's your answer. (laughs) I mean, if they wanted, if maybe it was the uncle and Lizzie herself that did it. The song? The song or just the story in general, yeah. Make them really know. make them really popular. Well, yeah, I mean that. I mean that happened in the eighteen hundreds, and for it to still be like a great mystery today, you know, I don't know. Maybe. So, anyways, <clears throat> there is a quote um, that. I wanted to say it's by Charles uh, Charleston historian named Beatrice St. Julian. I oh oh her name is really long, sorry. Beatrice St. Julian Ravenel, who in 1947's uh, book Charleston Murders, she wrote that people feel free to imagine Lavinia however they see fit. Murder, sure. Poison tea, why not? Sorcery? 
Well, she mentioned the devil. It's practically true. The real Lavinia slowly faded into the background, unable to hold a candle to lovely Lavinia, as she's dubbed. So, it could be that John and Lavinia Fisher weren't as bad as modern stories, like storytellers portray them as. Mm-hmm. But as far as murders, it's not proven, but the greedy and like the greedy aspect of them killing killing people for money is possible because they did want the money. They didn't want to rob the people. So Yeah. Um but another interesting fact to end the segment is that Lavinia and John Fisher are commonly portrayed as the nineteenth century's Bonnie and Clyde. Love it. I love I mean, that they got to every... go to jail together. Yeah, and try That's to escape cute. and yeah. Couple goals, right? You know what? Knowing my <laughs> no, the therapist joke. may or may not listen to this. <laughs> no, not goals at all. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it safe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm gonna get a knock on my door. <laughs> we need to talk about your couple relationship goals. <laughs> <laughs> up. Anyways, so that was the end of my segment. And so the next part, we're just gonna jump right into it is the tarot card reading. And how do you say her name again? Is it Martin Martina? Martina? Martina. It is Martina. Okay, it's just got well, a Y I just pronounced Martina. That's, she, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sorry if we are butchering your name. It's a beautiful name. It's exactly it's, how she spells yeah, it, it for looks, me. Yeah, it looks really beautiful. I just don't know how to pronounce it, so. Anyway, well, we are, so. We're going to stick with Martina, <laughs> just to make it yeah. easier for ourselves. <laughs> so Martina's question is, am I going to be homeschooled in the new school year? And I kind of changed this up because I am practicing with a new way to answer yes or no questions, since that seems to be a very common occurrence with our listeners. Um, But I'm not quite comfortable with them yet, and I don't think you are either, right? No. So I kind of changed the question up a little bit. And so my question that I revamped is kind of just like, where where am I going to be for the new school year? Um, so whether it's being homeschooled or going to an actual school, public, private, whatever, um, the cards that were picked out were the High Priestess, the Five of Pentacles, and the Page of Pentacles. And the High Priestess, the first card pool, tells you that you need to trust your inner instinct because you know what is going to be best for yourself. And... One of the conversations that Veronica and I had when we previously recorded this is that some people do better with homeschooling, some people do better online, and some people do better in class. And so you have to really know yourself and figure out what's going to be best for you. And that kind of plays in with the next card that was chosen, which is the Five of Pentacles, which is saying that you're feeling isolated and are being left out by those around you. And so the card wants to remind you that this is only temporary and you will get past it. So these two cards together mixed with the last card, which is the page of pentacles are telling you that good news is coming your way 
And I believe that this is talking about what it is you need or want for your educational career. So you need to set ground rules, um, make your own goals to, and take control of your future and manifest that shit into your life. And what, like, what these cards also represent is that you are ambitious and you know what you want, even if you don't realize that you know it yet. So you need to figure that out, go for it. And by doing that, you're setting yourself up for an excellent future and all the prospects that come with that. Yeah, I agree. Definitely um, try to, I mean, try different things. You know, you, you, you yourself are the only one that's going to know what's best for you when it comes to this subject, you know? Um, yeah. So pl mess around with it. Try to do some online classes, see how you feel about that. Will homeschooling help you be better for you? Um, even, I mean, listen, it may be better for you and you may miss out on some social things that you would usually experience by going to school. But like the cards say, it's only temporary and there's good news coming your way. So um, I think once you find out which way of learning is best for you, you will be able to accomplish your academic goals yeah and just as a just as a, like a, a quick story to let you know that we're not bullshitting um veronica and i've had this conversation so many times even before your question um how i work i personally worked better online i was never good in school when it was in person and in class um i honestly have no idea how I graduated high school and I was at the bottom of my class but online I was at the top and part of honor societies in college because I was doing it online and Veronica you were the opposite right you know what it's it's funny that you're bringing this up because yeah I'm, I'm the opposite I like having the teacher there to ask questions right away or to talk to after class I'm more of a in-person learning type of gal but recently program at work that takes place solely online um so it's like different modules um different slides and it's explaining information now i think because i started reading this year i think that really kind of trains my brain to focus more and um maybe it's because i i really do enjoy pharmacy and i enjoy that type of education i absolutely love my career and maybe that's why i'm more interested in it but um, yeah, it's it's kind of changing. So I think we should have this conversation after, um, and because I think I'm in a different place now. But yeah, see, it's we're not bullshitting you. We have personal experience, um, and you you know things change, things change. So just be open to any any change. Um, literally, just find out what works best for you, man. That's that's. Really, all we yeah. can really say, you know, to your question is, you got to do you. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And, and what works for you now, you know, it like Veronica, it might change later down the road. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be open and adapt to that change yeah. um, as you grow. So, so if, if you get homeschooled, don't feel like you're going to be trapped forever. Like, oh, my gosh, when I'm in. Oh, we said this originally when we first recorded this. We're not sure how old you are. We're not sure what grade you're in or, you know, yeah. if you're in college. But say you're in high school, don't think that your way of learning in high school is going to be the same in college. Because 
I did notice a difference too from high school to college, the way I learn, the way I perceive things and take things in. So you're good. You're not trapped. Yeah. And if you are in high school, be honest with your parents. And, you know, every every parent raises their child different. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that's going to help is if you just say, hey, I don't learn like this. This is a struggle for me. And hopefully your parents will have a conversation with you. But how you learn and how your brain works, only you know that. Mm-hmm. So, Martina, good luck. Um, I hope you end up doing what's best for you and you're allowed to do whatever it's best for you. You're giving that opportunity. Um, yeah, keep us posted if you don't mind. Let us know what ends up happening and if you're doing okay. Yeah, we would love to see how you're doing in the future. And that goes for all of our listeners who we do tarot readings for. Like, keep us updated. We want to know. Like, we... We're pretty like we're rooting for all of our listeners to just be the best that they can be. Yeah, even even with the questions we asked each other in the beginning of the podcast, like if some of you guys listen to this podcast alone and don't really have anyone to like tell your answers to, like literally message me or Chelsea or on our, you know, uh podcast page on Instagram. Like I I you know, I whenever I ask Chelsea a question, I always think about what you guys might say. Because they're, yeah. they're good questions, man. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes they might make you admit things that you didn't realize that you would admit. And, and uh... if you guys want Chelsea to feel a little better <laughs> about her past answers, you know, like, come on. You we're... know, message us. Like, let me know I'm not alone. Like, I know I'm who, not the only insane person. Who are we to judge? You guys have heard our answers. You guys, <laughs> you know, like, who are we to judge? Come on. Yeah, like, I I would never judge you. Like, come on, like, just tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. No. Anyways. (laughs) I wasn't talking to you anyways. Perfect. (laughs) Veronica. What? End the show. You end it, sweetie. You opened. You close. I opened? Oh, shit, I did. Okay. (sighs) This is another part that we would usually cut out. But anyways, thank you guys for joining us this week. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed (laughs) making it (laughs) again. Hey, Beat's doing the first episode like 10 times. That's true. (laughs) Make sure to give us a follow on our social media where we'll be answering questions and doing polls. I don't think we do polls anymore, do we? No, I could try to do some... Why don't we just take that out of our exit? Anyways, continue, Chelsea. Oh, shit, yeah. So if you have any questions... Um... Oh, and if wait, you guys I read that wrong. Yeah, reading... if you want a tarot card reading, message us your questions, and we'll choose a lucky person she every week. She has this in her face. <laughs> I don't know how she's fucking up right now. Because I skipped a line. I'm sorry. Anyways, we're your hosts. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Veronica. Have a spooky weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.